our folks another week of nailing the audio cues on the Rec Poker Podcast Forums Edition. Um, I'd like to thank website uh, AMP and Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino for making this possible every week. Because every week, I have the best job in the world. I get to hang around with this panel of Rec Poker Wizards. We take a post from the Rec Poker Forums and we talk about it here on the air. So in case I didn't mention, my name's Jim Bluffsterini in the home games. And you can find out about me by going to rec.poker slash crew, where all it takes is an email and a smile to sign up and get a free account. And uh, there you can find out about all these members of the Wrecking Crew, like the one and only Chris Jones. And I'm Chris Jones. I'm 5B5 on Twitter and 5by5 on PokerStars. I'm John Sonsky, and I'm Poker Geek MN everywhere. Sorry about that, John. I'm Keith Brandt, and I'm Monkey System everywhere. I'm Kim Kilroy. I'm Fergie 56 on our home games and PetBat 33 or PetBat everywhere else. And I'm Rob Blossom, and I'm Rabman 50 everywhere. So here we are. It's Monday night. We're playing in the nightly home game. We're stealing each other's chips. We are getting ourselves ready to talk poker. Uh, we're looking at a forum post this week from 7high11, who is a relatively new premium member who has been posting, uh, has been in a couple of our uh, conversations recently. So it's great to be chatting. 7high11 uh, posts. How many big blinds are too many to call with ace-king? This is about a tournament spot. Well, a couple of tournament spots. So I'll just go over the two different spots and we can talk about what we might do, why we might approach them differently or similarly, and the value of a hand like king high, uh, ace-king in a spot like this. So for the first spot, our, our correspondent, 7-high-11, says, I had roughly 60 big blinds. Effective stack was 29. They shoved into me from middle position, and I overshoved. One of the blinds came along as well with a stack just about the effective stack. Uh, uh, we won't get into what they had. In the second, just an orbit or so later, the cutoff raises to five big blinds, and our hero shoves to isolate with 30 big blinds, um, and they call. So are these the proper shoves and uh, our, our man here, seven high 11 wants to talk about what is the right action? What should he even be thinking about in these fat, in these moments to decide whether it's a profitable play or not? So is there anything about these scenarios that stands out to any of our members here on the panel um, about one or the other that makes them feel like there's a clear answer here. I see Rob and Keith, you have your mics on. Well, on the, on the second one, I'm, I'm wondering about the cutoff raises to five big blinds, which is a pretty big open generally, because mm -hmm. normally you'd be, you know, two, two and a half, maybe three. So have we seen this player open previously for smaller sizes and all of a sudden they up it to five big blinds or is this a standard for them all the time? That would raise a question to me of what, you know, the strength of their hand. It might inform me a little bit more about the strength of their hand, depending on what I've seen them do in the past. That's a great question because um, <laughs> he mentions here that he is the effective stack at 30 big blinds. So when this player does open to 5x in a tournament situation, even if they are pretty deep, that's not going to usually be their standard opening size. So I wonder if there is something that we can tell. So Rob, if, if, if they told you that their range was very strong, how would that 
affect what you would do with Ace King here with 30 big blinds? I may choose to just call mm-hmm. as opposed to shoving. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's that stack size get, that it's kind of hard to three bet fold, right? So you can't. Right, right. You're not going to. Th- I wouldn't three bet at that point if if I knew based on the their sizing that they're they're going to be um, raising with a very strong range there. I may choose to just call with my ace king, see a flop, and then go from there. Kim, do you have something on that? No, I think the sizing issue is is really key in this. Like if this is uh, this player's normal sizing, then I like the shove. Um, if this is a sizing that is not normal for this player, if they normally raise two to three big blinds, say, and now they're raising five, well, that would see alarm bells that they probably got queens, kings, or aces. Maybe ace, king suited. Um, but... Uh, Often players that change their bet according to the strength of their hand won't be doing this with ace-king offsuit or ace-queen. So uh, some players do this with tens and jacks. So I think it's a lot of it depends on what we know about our player. If this player turned over their cards and showed us pocket queens, then we should call. Because or we should shove because we need to see all five cards when we have ace king to realize our equity with the hand. So just calling for five big blinds, I I mean I don't like it, but I see the I see why Rob thinks we should do that because of the large bet sizing. But the problem is we only get to see three cards. And if we are putting aces and kings in our in their range, we're gonna be in a lot of trouble there. If one of those cards hits and if we don't hit, we've just lost five big blinds. So, I mean, one of the, one of the strengths of Ace King at this sort of 30 big blind level is the fact that you can get folds pre-flop and you can, um, you get to see all five cards so that, you know, you're really only dominated by Kings and Aces. Yep. And I think 30 big blinds is that it's, it's really one of those threshold stack sizes where, you know, it's not too deep to shove ace king, but you don't really want to be getting that wide in your shoving range at 30 big blinds. And, but it's too short to sort of have a, a really well figured out um, three bet folding range as well. So it's kind of a handcuff of a stack size. Uh, which is why I think it's a good example. Right. Yeah, and I have to, well, I have to say that, you know, our, our member here is putting this in because they called with queen queen when he shoved and he didn't hit, but if he had hit, then he probably wouldn't have posted this and we wouldn't have heard about it. So <laughs> yeah, he's kind true. of being a little bit results oriented because <laughs> next time when he has ace king, he'll probably hit right. and double up through the queens. And I guess that's part of the part of the point with this is that um, I think the, the the question that started this was how how many big blinds are are too many to call with Ace King and I think part of the part of the worry with Ace King is it it is a really like it's the hand that we're gonna get into the flips the most with it's the hand that we're gonna have to have to kind of have to accept that right we've either got to accept that and the the optimal way to play ace king is to get into 
these kinds of situations, right? And sometimes we do this and they have ace queen and it's like, woohoo. But like most <laughs> of the time, uh, we're we're gonna be flipping, right? And one of the beauties of Ace King is that it flips with almost everything, right? And that it's it's so well protected against uh anything that's like a disaster. The only thing that's disastrous is aces and kings, right? Otherwise, it's it's pretty good against pretty much any other possible holding they can have. Um, and we block those great holdings that they can have. They have fewer possible aces or kings because we hold an ace and a king. So for that reason, like I'm willing to get a lot of chips in the middle, especially our, our, our correspondent here talks about there's no ICM implications. And so when we are in this sort of accumulation phase of a tournament um, and, and there may be, there might be spots where we're up against certain opponents who we see that they're, they're only doing this with aces or Kings, right? Like we know that they're really tight or there's certain tournaments that are really important to us, like that we we're playing in the main event, right? And it's the first time we've ever played in the main event. And we just, we, we don't want to take this spot. And those are the kinds where we're making decisions, but they're not the actual optimal decisions. And when we're playing like in a tournament where we can just maybe like online and we can just buy into another one, or it's a daily and we can just play the next day uh these are the spots we need to take and we need to accumulate chips this way and sometimes we're going to bust and that's okay i think that's a really good point it's really important to know where what stage of the tournament you're at when you're deciding what to do with ace king here so when icm is not a not a factor and we're in the middle stages of a tournament where we're just trying to grow our stack it's a great time to get into a race and we're even i think 30 percent versus kings so it's not you know aces are the only sort of really bad thing to see um as far as the first one goes which is so that shove i i mean i don't mind the shove there that's i'm fine with it but like i said you should take into consideration this large range size like rob was saying um and what you know about the player um in the first one He's talking about calling off when somebody open shoves, not calling off. He had, has them covered, but someone open shoves 29 big blinds. And I can't see most, most players open shoving 29 big blinds with kings or aces. So therefore, we're sort of in the same situation. <laughs> yeah, so let's just remind our listeners here. So. Um, in this case, we've got 60 big blinds, but there's about an effective stack of 29 big blinds. They they shove uh, from middle position, and then it's on us. Uh, the hero does go on to shove and ends up getting called uh, from the small blind as well, so it goes into it three-handed. But I think you're right, Kim. When someone open shoves 29 big blinds, they're not usually doing it with aces and kings, and ace-king just does really, really well against what's left of that range. Chris? So the trickier spot and the spot that I keep finding myself in is when somebody does this and let's say with the roles are reversed here, right? And somebody else then shoves over the top and now we've got ace king and we're in the big blind. Those I think are trickier. This to me is a slam dunk. Like there's just, just let's get it in. We're like, we're going with this, but the trickier spot is when, when I think this, the roles are reversed here and we get another 30 big blind stack or another stack that covers our original shover shoving into the middle. I'm probably still getting it in, uh, but it's a little trickier. Yeah. I was going to say those, those would be trickier. If somebody shoves, and somebody with a stack close to yours, you know, I tries to isolate just by raising or by shoving themselves. 
Now you're sitting there with Ace King and the big blind, and it's like, wow, what are they doing it with? You know, what are they over shoving and isolating with that I'm ahead of? You know, it only could be Queens is the only one I'm going to be that ahead of. So that is a scary, that's a scary one. And and I, I probably, depending on the opponent, I could very easily just fold that ace king and go on to the next hand. John, was there something you wanted to add in there? Well, yeah, I was gonna just going to say, in my mind, I've always thought, you know, somewhere around the 30 to 35 big blind mark, if I get ace king in, in a normal fashion, meaning no one is playing weird, I don't feel too bad about it playing for about that, that amount. It, you're not going to be that make that big of a mistake most of the time doing that. And I think being willing to do that puts you in a position to be, to win more tournaments mm. than if you're too hesitant to be able to do that. So, I mean, it, there are lots of factors that everyone else has discussed that would lean you one way or the other. But just in general, if you're looking at getting 30 to 35 big blinds in with ace king and you don't have something that is making the other player scream strength, then I don't think it's too bad of a play. I um, I was looking a lot at ace king offsuit uh, after I had uh, after I had it in a game recently um where we were 75 big blinds effective and i raised from um i think the hijack and i got three bet by the button so i raised to two and a half big blinds i got three bet to or yeah to eight and a half big blinds eight big blinds and i just called and i ended up losing the hand on an ace high flop all my chips but when I went back home and looked through flop to mill, I am actually fine to shove ace king offsuit with 75 big blinds when I'm going to be out of position in the hand. And it surprised me because yeah. it was 75 big blinds. So John's talking about 30 and 35, and I and this was 75, that it's okay to shove 75 big blinds when you get three bet and you're going to be out of position for the hand. Yeah, it's great. Uh, a big sizing on that three bet too, so that um, that made that that was a kind of interesting situation. We talked about that in one of your uh, hand history groups, I think. It's, so, uh, what was your read on the player that uh, three bet you? It was Elizabeth they, Bennett Martin. Oh <laughs> wow! <Denmark. laughs> Jam it in. <laughs> but I always thought that was too much to shove. Yeah. And when I went back, and it is if you have Ace King suited, they don't want you to shove that. They just want you to four bet it. Actually, mm-hmm. um, and if you were in position, maybe they'd have a different play as well. But and in but, position, but out of position, they offsuit. like the shove with yeah. the offsuit ace king. And that's something you know we do talk about the difference between calling versus shoving, and how ace king is kind of better suited as as a shove because of its blockers and that kind of thing. Chris, did you want to jump in there? For well, I, I was just gonna say because like I I I actually just today I was just you know it's kind of my my last day before I had to go back to work and then back to reality and whatever it was today. So today I was taking it easy. I watched a little bit more of some main event coverage from this year. And there was a player who had ace king of hearts on the button day three of the main event They're um, you know, they're not in the money yet. It's early in the day, but they're kind of, it's today is the day the, the money bubble is going to go. And um, there's an open and then a, a call 
uh, from two early position players. They've, we've got Ace King of Hearts on the button, and they flat, and then the small blind uh, squeezes to like ten big blinds, right? And it comes back to the button, who's got Ace King of Hearts um, with thirty big blinds, main event, um, and they fold. Hmm. And, and, and I know, right? <laughs> and, and it was, and, and the player who did the squeeze rightly read this situation. Um, and I think the, uh, that the the small blind had ace jack offsuit, right? And so, like, they, he was just in a dream situation, this player. Um, but I think sometimes we get in our own heads around ace king a lot. And I, I think players um, get I – I think we have to be more willing to, to – this is a hand you can just – you can get it in the middle a lot with. <laughs> this reminds me a lot of episode um, number 157, where we looked at a spot. Uh, Rob Adsum, I think, wrote in a hand about. Some, I don't remember if that was exactly. It. I think we did two. We did two hands that episode. One of them was an ace five hand with Rob Adsum, and one of them was a hand where we were. It was a multi-way spot like this, and we're considering whether to call all in. Um, if memory serves, there should be a video. If you go to the Rec.Poker YouTube channel, there's a Wrecking Crew Jim Reed playlist there. You should be able to find a video of mine. It's called Prepping for Episode 157 with Equilab. And I use some of the Equilab tools where you can uh, calculate what a calling range should be given the equity, uh, given the ranges and the stack sizes of your opponents and, and, and the action in the hand so far. So if you're interested in really breaking this down scientifically, according to your assumptions about your players, check out that video and you can use some of the free tools um, on Equilab to find out the answer that suits your actual spot. Because it is a very, calling with Ace King is a fine art. And it's like kind of like playing Jack's preflop, right? <laughs> Except Chris says, no, there is a good way to play it. Get those tips in the middle. <laughs> That's why it's often so powerful as a shove, right? Yeah. That's why ace king is so powerful as a shove, because it really is only ace high. (laughs) Well, I want to thank uh, 7 High 11 for putting this really excellent post out there in the Ruck Poker forums. And uh, Binkley and uh, Chapo, Sir Gasleek, and Eric Anderson again. Eric Anderson just posts these remarkable uh, replies. He's he uploads PDFs. He's got this amazing screen grab of uh, all these different um, uh, different approaches to looking at the ranges. He's talking about the limitations of the Sklansky Chubakov rankings. This Eric Anderson guy knows what he's talking about. So uh, it, come get a free account at Rec Poker. Post in the forums. Learn from these kind of wizards, and uh, come on this show with us. And you can talk about this kind of stuff uh, with everyone else in Rec Poker Nation. So thanks to all those members. And of course, thanks to uh, everyone who is here today, Chris, John, Kim, Rob, and Keith, um, Website Amp, and of course, Running Aces Hotel Racetrack and Casino, and all of you, dear listeners, uh, talk to you again soon.